Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Future Brew right here on mazebrew.com. Took a week off, but we are back. We are ready to rock and roll here, as always. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Join me today. The boys are back in town. Stephen Austin Toski and John Simmons. Boys, it is a Memorial Day on the day that we are recording this. Uh, how are you guys doing? You guys got any good plans today? I just got back from uh, northern Michigan, so I'm probably going to take a nap after uh after we're done recording this so uh good deal so no that's gonna be my uh my chill memorial day it'll be nice but i got a lot of a lot of sun uh there you go time on the water so that'll go a long way good glad you uh got to enjoy yourself for a little bit there john how about you man what you got going on yeah i just got back from the lake hanging out there so this is a good reprieve to recover from a sunburn i'm sure (laughs) getting developing right now but I'm glad it was a nice day out. Yep. I've got some sunshine calling my name as well. Uh, Took a trip last week, which is why we did not record. Went to Music City, USA, Nashville. Had a fantastic time there. Uh, Soaked in all of the music and uh, Nashville hot chicken and all that stuff. It was a good time. So sounds like we all had some some good off time. Glad we all got to do that. And uh, I'm ready to rock and roll with recruiting. I don't know about you guys, but we've got a lot on the docket here. The month of June is going to be a busy one for both basketball and for football. But we're going to start today's podcast with uh, the basketball side of things. So the dead period, it is finally lifted. The NCAA has lifted it. Prospects can now take their official visits, can see everything that they want on these campuses, meet with coaches, all that good stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about some football stuff later on, but want to start with basketball now. Because uh, it's really starting to heat up in this 2022 recruiting class for Juwan Howard. No commits yet, but uh, by the end of the month, that might be a little different. So uh, by the time this podcast is out, by the way, uh, we're just going to jump right into this first prospect who's going to be officially visiting. By the time this podcast is out, Ty Rogers, who is a four star forward in the 22 class, will be in the middle of his official visit to Ann Arbor going from June 1st to June 3rd. One of the top targets in the class, regardless of position, I would say for Juwan Howard and company. Rogers is 6'7", weighs in at 195. He's the number 49 overall prospect on the composite. Hails from Grand Blank, Michigan, so he is a Michigander through and through. Has some other pretty good offers from Purdue, Maryland, Michigan State, obviously Ohio State, Louisville, Syracuse, UConn, and a lot more where that came from. It sounds like he wants to also officially visit Purdue and UConn, but those visits are not entirely set up just yet. Uh, so, John, I'm going to pass it over to you. Rogers, uh, in a recent interview with uh, the Michigan Insider, Bryce Marich, said that he plans to take his visits this summer, then kind of begin to narrow things down. So this recruitment doesn't really seem like it's going to end shortly after his official visit to Michigan. It's going to take some time. But at the very least, this official visit that he's on right now is in my mind, will probably go a long way with him being able to meet with Jawan and see everything in person. Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely rising on Michigan's board. It seems like uh, for some, like an in-state guys in the top fifty, um, you know, I think Michigan can can land him if they want to. I think it's just a matter of where he falls on their board. Uh, you know, he's listed at the same position as Jet Howard, who we all you know are pretty sure is going to end up in the class. Yep. Um, but I think you know he's a listed as an inch taller. I think he can um, end up 
playing the four a little bit too. And, you know, Michigan's chasing some elites at that position. Uh, you know, Jarris Walker, I think, is going to go pro. Who, uh, and then A.J. Casey is another big five-star guy. So uh, we'll see how John Howard plays this one. Um, you know, it's always a lot tougher with basketball. So few guys at each position. You know, if you bring in two, you know, like running backs on a visit for football, you can pretty easily convince them that they'll have enough carries to go around. But, you know, bringing in two guys at the same position – for basketball is a little bit tougher. So you got to kind of juggle these guys. And so um, I think it's a good thing that Rogers isn't looking to decide anytime soon. And it'll allow Michigan to kind of see where their board falls. And you know, the end of the summer, uh, if they still like him and he's a top target uh, guy that's still available, I think they'll easily take him happily. I think so too. I think at any point you easily take a top 50 overall player in state. I think they would be, just okay with that end result. Steven, speaking of which, uh, you know, he's from the state of Michigan. Ty Rogers is really the only in-state guy this cycle that Michigan's going after, but he's a versatile forward. He can get it done on both ends of the floor, play multiple positions. He's really something that it seems like Jawan Howard has been coveting on the recruiting trail uh, since he's been in Michigan or been at Michigan, really looking for guys that can play multiple positions, defend multiple positions, kind of do a little bit of everything. I think Ty Rogers kind of fits that, uh, uh, that uh, I, I guess not really prerequisite for what Jawan looks for, but something that he covets for sure. Yeah. And I think it's great that he has that level of versatility. Um, uh, John mentioned he can play kind of a small ball uh, four or even just a traditional four. Um, in some scenarios, he is probably best fit for the three, but in a pinch, he could probably play uh, the two as well. So it's nice to have a guy like that in state seemingly has been on Michigan's radar for uh, a long time. And to have that flexibility, not only that, um, you know, you can try to see where you land with other prospects, but it seems like Rogers uh, aligns with that as well, where it's something that, uh, you know, he wants to take all of his visits, get a full picture there. And that aligns with what, what Michigan wants to do in terms of scoping out what other prospects have. So uh, I like how it's kind of forming where you, you look at everything that Rogers is saying about the program, um, the aggressive defense, Michigan plays the unselfishness on offense. It aligns well with Rogers. So there doesn't seem to be a case of like, uh, let me commit now or else, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere. It seems like they, they're, on the same wavelength in terms of how to approach that commitment or uh, excuse me, approach that recruitment. And Michigan has uh, put themselves in a really good position through that relationship. And um, you know, if it determines to be the best fit uh, depending on other players on Michigan's board, then uh, it would look favorable for Michigan's side of that. So again, just comes down to, as John was saying, how, how did these other prospects, you know, things can, can change extremely quickly and, in basketball recruiting, we've all seen that. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I think, again, you mentioned it, his versatility uh, aligns really well with the kind of uh, approach Michigan's taken with this recruitment. Officially visiting on June 11th through the 13th is going to be four-star big man Donovan Klingon. And I, I think it's probably safe to say he's one of the top overall targets at the center position in, in this class for Michigan. Listed at 7-1. 255 pounds. He's a big guy from Bristol, Connecticut, uh, ranked number 41 overall on the composite. I, I mean, I guess I would say other than Jalen Duran, who it really looks like he's going to the G League or somewhere in the pro route at this point, Klingon's probably 
Michigan's top overall target here. Uh, he has a top eight list currently of Michigan, UConn, Syracuse, Georgetown, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, Providence, and Rutgers. So that is Michigan's competition there. John, uh, this guy, uh, Donovan Klingen, he was offered back in February. And uh, although the hometown Huskies of UConn are the presumed favorites, I really can't help but feel Michigan will either eventually lead in this recruitment or it, maybe they lead already. I mean, it really seems like he's been receptive to what Juwan Howard and them have been pitching. I would imagine that he probably took note of how Hunter Dickinson was utilized his freshman season at Michigan. And some of these other schools that they're competing with aren't really prolific at the moment. Like Michigan is obviously Syracuse. They, they have a legendary head coach and they've had continued success and, uh, a UConn being the hometown team. He obviously has that pull there, but honestly, other than that, Michigan should be pretty close to the top here at the very least in the top three. What say you? Yeah, I think he's another guy that Michigan's really doing well with lately. I think for a while it looked like he was just going to go to UConn. Um, but then, you know, Joan really stepped it up and has been pushing hard. And I think it's made him rethink his recruitment a lot and, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's pretty Northeast heavy, you know, Syracuse and UConn are, you know, the two old Big East foes that are uh, kind of like the big, uh, you know, basketball presences out here. So I think those they'll definitely have a good shot here. But I think you just can't deny um, Michigan's chances with any big man right now with with John's track record at that position. And he's already shown it in two years at Michigan here. So I think, uh, you know, they're going to have a great presentation for him. Um, I think he's going to love the campus and the facilities. So um, I, I'm interested to see what his reaction is after the visit, because uh, I think they have. I think the visit here has really the potential to kind of for Michigan to surge ahead into a pole position here and kind of firmly cement themselves as the top school. Yeah, I guess if there's anything that's holding back any potential commitment, it probably would be the visit. And very good that he's got this planned here in the next couple of weeks. So uh, could be some. Good news uh, coming ahead. I, I think they're, if not at the pole position, they're very close. So, Stephen, uh, like I kind of mentioned, this guy, he's very similar in stature to Hunter Dickinson, who obviously was a focal point in Michigan's offensive attack last season. Do you think that's something that Jawan may be hitting hard with, I guess, any center prospect at this point? And what are the similarities in the games, if any, between Dickinson and Klingon? Yeah, I was watching film on him. Um, you'd be silly if you don't uh, preach the the praises of uh, what Hunter Dickinson has done at Michigan. If you're uh, if you're Michigan trying to get uh, Donovan on board, um, that's something that few other programs can really boast the success that Dickinson saw his freshman year. So, something you got to drive home, and you, you should be able to sell that really well. And that it, that speaks more volumes than anything else you can preach as a. Uh, as a program, you can point directly to that. So um, for his skill set, I liked his, his defense overall. Uh, he looked pretty in control of his body, you know, at seven one, I feel like it can kind of be, uh, I don't know, you, you can take some liberties just cause you're huge um, and you don't have to be necessarily put together. Uh, I liked how he moved his feet. Uh, definitely, definitely prided himself on his defense. So I like to see that a lot. Um, where, you know, he's not just relying on his length. He's moving his feet. He's hustling. Um, he can work on his dunking a little bit. <laughs> he missed a few dunks. That's something that I noticed. But uh, but no, seriously, I mean, 
uh, he's a physical player down low. Um, uh, he, he hustles his butt off and uh, just has to work on his um, his post moves. I think he frequently went to his uh, went to his right, so uh, developing his left. Um, yeah, I mean he's versatile. He's versatile. I didn't see much shooting, but uh, his defense is what stands out the most to me for uh, for his film. Um, I think the other thing I meant or I uh, noticed with his uh, offer list or his final eight, I should say. A lot of them were pretty high academic schools, so Michigan should be able to separate themselves there. Uh, you mentioned UConn, um, and, and the only thing he he said about UConn when breaking down that list was like, "People are assuming I'm going there. I'm not going there," and that was like pretty much it. Where it's like, well, it's not you know usually when you ask a guy and their first response is that you know it's not a default that I'm going to that school. That school might not be the uh, the presumed favorite at that time. So that's encouraging if you're a Michigan fan, maybe not so much if you're a UConn fan, but uh, the only other thing he mentioned for each of the schools was the relationships and time and time again, we've seen the relationships with Juwan Howard uh, being the difference maker for Michigan able to sway those recruitments in their favor. So if that's the thing that's potentially on the, on the main list for getting uh, Donovan on board, uh, how that relationship in person with Howard will be, you know, I think Michigan can, can really uh, accelerate that recruitment and separate themselves from the other schools on that list. Yeah, it's becoming a theme on the recruiting trail for Juwan. All these kids are saying that they, they've got a good relationship and that they're wanting to meet them in person and do all this and that. I, at this point, is it possible to hate Juwan Howard if you're a recruit? I feel like it's impossible. I, I, I don't, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but with everything that's been said, it, it sounds like Juwan is, <laughs> it just seems like the most likable person on the planet as far as recruiting goes. But um, unless you're a member of like a rival 24 seven message board, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like you would have a hard time not having a, a you know, favorable yeah. opinion of Juwan Howard. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. At that point, it's kind of like you, you hate him because of how good he is. And uh, it's kind of like a, a respect hate kind of thing, which uh, exactly. I, I can get down with. That's fine. Let's move on to point guard because this is where a lot of the intrigue in these visits are going to come from. In my opinion, at least Michigan has three point point guards officially visiting this month, and it starts on June 4th through the 6th with five-star Jane Bradley listed at 6-2, a buck 78, plays at IMG with Juwan's son, Jet Howard, who we talked about with uh, briefly earlier. He's the number nine overall player in this class, number two overall point guard. So a very highly regarded prospect there. Then uh, on June 11th through the 13th, so a week later, along with Klingon, who we just talked about, is four-star four point guard Seth Trimble, who is the most recently offered point guard, was just offered a couple weeks ago, listed at 6'3", 185 from the state of Wisconsin, and he's number 77 overall on the composite. And then finally, a week later, June 16th to the 17th, four-star Doug McDaniel will be officially visiting. He is the shortest of the bunch at 5'9", 145 pounds from the state of Virginia and is uh, two spots below Seth Trimble at number 79 overall on the composite in this class. So, John, a lot is going to be happening in a very short amount of time at this point guard position for Michigan this month here. A lot really could happen. 
in terms of maybe one guy commits and then the others back off, or perhaps they end up going uh, with uh, two of the guys. Maybe they want to take in um, is Seth, maybe they think Seth Trimble could be a combo guard and they end up wanting to go after one of the other point guards. So a, a really a lot could happen. So what do you think ultimately happens here with all these three official visits? Because it's going to be kind of crunch time here in a few weeks. Yeah. I kind of like how this all is set up for Michigan and that I think it kind of just goes in order of who the best prospect is. And then, you know, the first one visiting Bradley who's highest rank, you know, he can come on the visit. They can say, you can, you know, uh, if you're ready, you can commit to us. Uh, but we have, you know, Trimble and McDaniel coming soon. And if, you know, you're not committed by then, then uh, we'll, we're going to allow them to commit. And then if he doesn't pull the trigger, then you have Trimble. And then you say, hey, if you want to commit, commit. But if not, McDaniel's on his way. So, um, and then, you know, if McDaniel comes up and wants to commit and neither of them have, then you have a top 80 guy. Um, so, you know, it kind of reminds me of how like Ohio state can, and football can pressure, you know, like Donovan Edwards last year, they already had Travion Henderson and they're trying to get pressure Edwards into the class. Cause they have the, you know, they have only have one spot open and they, you know, kind of leverage that to get, uh, Evan Pryor, the other top hundred guy. And so I think that's kind of where Michigan's at here. They can, uh, you know, be picky and, uh, only, you know, allow guys, a certain amount of time to kind of, you know, speed up their process and get them to commit. So, um, you know, they have a backup to the backup at this point, which is really good to see. And all of them are quality guys. So I, you know, it seems pretty clear that they're going to get one of these guys at some point. So it's just a matter of who uh, is, is ready to go. Yeah. This is what in life you call a very good problem to have. If you've got three, top tier point guards, top a hundred guys that are incredibly interested in you and want to officially visit. That's a good problem. So I would say no matter who it is, whether they take in just one, which is more than likely what would happen. You take in any one of those guys. And if you're Michigan, you're definitely happy about it because you've been recruiting McDaniel for a while. Seth Trimble has been a fan for a while. And Jaden Bradley is the five-star premier prospect in this class. So no matter which way you go, it's a good problem to have in my opinion. So Steven, I'll just ask you straight up. I mean, th there's really a lot to like about all three of these guys. What's your pecking order at point guard for Michigan in this class? Is there anybody that you like way more than the others? Do you have like a ranking of, of these three guys? I personally do. I, my ranking would be how it is going on the official visit list, Bradley Trimble, and then McDaniel. What do you think? Yeah, I really like Doug McDaniel, despite being smaller. I think, I think you'd be silly not to take Bradley as that first spot. Um, he is uh, kind of your traditional point, a, a true distributor at the point guard position. So I think it's, I think you're, um, I think you're a silly person. It's <laughs> the nicest way I can put it. If you don't have him at the top of that list, uh, I'm really privy to Doug McDaniel's game overall. And Michigan did just pick up a, uh, a crystal ball for him. So, you know, even if he's third on Michigan's pecking order, uh, it's great to have a guy uh, that you have a, the lone crystal ball for uh, who's a top 80 prospect and, and third on your list. But um, interesting thing about Bradley, uh, Kentucky had hundred percent of the crystal balls until today where uh, North Carolina got a uh, five confidence on the uh, a crystal ball added today. Um, but his dad said something interesting I wanted to point out where uh, where uh, Bradley Sr. 
Uh, I don't know exactly if he has the same name. Regardless, his, his father said he, that uh, his son didn't want to play with three freshmen, that he wanted some level of mentorship in the backcourt. And when you look at Kentucky and North Carolina, despite the, the you know, they have the crystal balls at this point, they definitely subscribe more to the one and done policy more than Michigan has, even though it's still early in uh, Juwan Howard's tenure here. So it's something that, you know, if, if, since he is at the top of Michigan's board, they can point at kind of how Michigan has approached the point guard position under Juwan Howard, that sort of mentorship, having like different, different layers of recruits, right. You get some five stars who are potential one and done's have a couple guys that are looking like two and done uh, guys kind of like, um, a, a few guys on the roster you could see that for including Dickinson. So, so I, we'll see, man. I think, I think Bradley is definitely uh, at the top of the list. As John said, the visit order kind of aligns with that. Um, and with those comments from, from Bradley's father, I, it seemingly lines up. It's just a matter of, you know, getting him on campus is, is the best thing you can do to put yourself in the best position. And they've done that, but uh, I'm excited about Doug McDaniel's game and him getting a, a crystal ball at this point already um, is looking or really promising for Michigan either way, regardless of which one of these guys want to sign on. I, yeah. I think it's safe to say that one of these three will end up in Ann Arbor at some point uh, committed, whether it's McDaniel Trimble. I mean, Bradley is definitely the one that I'm the least confident with because he's got all these other blue bloods on his tail, but yeah. Um, a real good problem to have if you're Juwan Howard in Michigan. You've got three great options here. I do like McDaniel's game for sure as well. Definitely being a, a quick, small distributor kind of player. Bradley and uh, Trimble definitely have a lot to offer as well. So definitely a good problem to have if you're Michigan. I'm looking forward to seeing how this all kind of sorts itself out in the weeks to come because it is going to be really quick. And I would buckle up if I were everybody of paying attention to Michigan basketball recruiting because this month of June is going to be crazy and uh, really excited to see how this goes. So, um, well, I, I, that's it for basketball today. Uh, we're on the other side of the break. We are going to talk some football recruiting, but for now it is time to talk about our sponsor here at Maze Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the cool thing about Homefield, their team over there studies every school's history, traditions, and legacies. And with that comes their creative and thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really cool original Michigan designs. If you haven't checked them out yet, uh, from all of the times that we've been blasting this promo at you guys, please go to homefieldapparel.com. Go check it out. It's all really cool stuff. T-shirts, crew necks, whatever you need, they've got it. And be sure to use our promo code MNB at your checkout, and you'll get 20% off the whole first order. So, again, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code MNB at checkout. Get 20% off. Go do it today. Hey, everybody, welcome back. We are going to wrap up today's podcast with some football recruiting talk, specifically at the quarterback position, because since we've last recorded our podcast here, it has gotten pretty interesting at the quarterback position. Uh, for a while there, it really seemed like a three-star California quarterback, Nate Johnson, was the only guy Michigan was going after. But 
over the last couple of weeks. They've kind of opened it up a little bit, extended some interest elsewhere. They ended up offering a couple new prospects here. So let's start with the highest ranked of the bunch, and that is four-star quarterback Justin Martin was just offered over the weekend, currently committed to the University of California, but kind of seems pretty open with this whole recruiting process in general. He stands at 6'4", weighs 210 pounds, hails from Inglewood, California. Definitely an interesting prospect. So, John, what do you like about Martin's game, and would you take him over a developmental guy like Johnson at this point? It seems like Martin's a little more advanced at at the quarterback position than Nate Johnson is. I, I think you could probably say that Johnson is more of like uh, you, you put him in uh, a, a chamber for a couple years, make sure he develops all of the quarterback traits, and then you kind of let him loose maybe in year three. So uh, Martin, definitely an interesting prospect here. What do you like about his game? Yeah, I think they're definitely different uh, types of prospects. Uh, Martin's pretty much a pro style guy. He doesn't l- l- move around a lot from what I saw. On his film, it seems like his highlights, he had a pretty incredibly clean pocket uh, every time he was throwing it. So he didn't really have to move around much. He just kind of can stand back there and fire the ball. And he has good placement, I think, and puts good touch on the ball to lead his receivers. Um, So I like that about him. So it's, you know, he's definitely a different uh, genre of player. Um, And I think, you know, given his Johnson's development, uh, you know, in the spring league I think I would take uh, Martin over him I don't think the coaches saw the progress you know as a quarterback that they wanted Johnson to take uh, you know he averaged only around 200 yards a game and he had one big game of like 376 passing yards but everything else was uh, hovering around that 150 200 mark and then he only had over uh, I think it was I had it right here actually for rushing he had 307 yards on 49 carries uh, in five games and a touchdown in each game, which is, uh, you know, not bad, but it's for someone who runs, you know, his, his thing is his speed. Um, you know, you'd like to see him be more, uh, you know, explosive in his runs and maybe, I'm not sure how his, what his offense looks like, but I think, uh, the, the coaches are looking for someone, um, you know, a little more polished. And I think that's what Martin is for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think he's a little bit more polished as well. I, I watched the film too. It was really incredible, the pocket that he had. And you brought that up, John. I really liked the way that he stood in the pocket too. He never really looked rattled by any of the pressure. And it's not like that in the film he was pressured often, but at the times that he was pressured, I really liked the way that he handled it. It was very patient delivering the ball and all that kind of stuff. So Steven, what do you think about his game and where does he stand in your pecking order of quarterbacks at this point? Do you, would would you obviously probably put him ahead of Nate Johnson? We'll talk about this other quarterback here in a second. Um, But as far as Martin goes, what do you like about him? And the thing that stood out to me was how he stood in the pocket. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's comfortable and I, I like when you mix up kind of the style of quarterback a little bit. Now, I would have liked to see a little bit more wiggle out of Justin Martin. Um, the reason I say that is if you have drastically different skill sets in quarterbacks, it can be a little bit different how you need to utilize those guys in a given offense. So if you have an injury uh, to a quarterback, how does the next guy fit in, right? You don't necessarily want to abandon RPOs if, if one of your quarterbacks um, doesn't have the skill set to utilize that. So he, and I'm 
just kind of comparing him to the current quarterbacks on the roster, right? I think guys like J.J. McCarthy, uh, Key McNamara have a little bit more wiggle than what you see out of out of Martin. So that's like kind of the only concern where Martin's a true pro style and the current guys on the roster, uh, I think, fit the Gaddis offense a little bit better overall. But you mentioned the pocket presence, the, uh, the comfortability standing in there. Um, I think at his size, his footwork is pretty solid. Um, uh, you know, I, I think he can grow to be, he's 210 right now. He can be comfortably probably 230 at that size and be a, um, almost like a Wilton Spate kind of size, you know, where guys just kind of bounce off of him. He, he has like a sturdy feel to him, even though he's only 210. Uh, he really towers in that pocket. And I think he can uh, grow into that sort of mold of a quarterback. So I like his game a lot. I mean, the ball really flies off his hand and he's got great power, uh, just natural power overall. Uh, but I, I don't think he fits the offense at Michigan as well as I would like uh, compared to the other guys. So when you have kind of this, you know, I don't want to say off year, but year where you're maybe a little bit more willing to take risks, Justin Martin seems more like a high floor guy where Nate Johnson, I agree. He, he hasn't really put together the progression you want to see from a guy to fit that class. Um, but potentially has a higher ceiling with that speed, with that athleticism. So while I like Justin Martin, I'm not sure he has the skill set for the quarterback to take after a guy like JJ McCarthy, if that makes sense. It certainly makes sense. And I, I think the next guy that uh, we're going to talk about here kind of does fit that billing a little better because the second quarterback who was offered uh, this past week was three-star Alabama native Connor Harrell. Definitely not ranked as high as Martin. Uh, he's number 647 overall at the moment, but at 6'1", 191, it seems to be a high academic guy with some of these offers that he's got. Northwestern is a school he's very high on. UNC, Duke, uh, Arizona State, TCU, Louisville, Indiana, uh, definitely a few others thrown in there as well. Uh, like I said, very high on Northwestern. His only official setup so far is to Northwestern later this month. Uh, definitely had a good statistical year this past season, uh, led his team to an undefeated season uh, in 2020 Threw for 3,500 yards, almost 3,600 yards, 42 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and then had 319 rushing yards for five rushing touchdowns. So um, Steven, I'll just throw it back to you since we kind of talked about it. Definitely a different player compared to Martin, a uh, Harold, obviously on tape, noticeably smaller than Martin, more mobile in the pocket than Martin for sure. And from what I saw in the film, he delivered a pretty nice ball and was able to deliver them into some tight coverage. Those defensive backs down in Alabama, they were playing those receivers tight. So I, I would venture to say that you probably think that he fits the Gaddis style of offense at Michigan better than Martin does. Yeah. And, and I mean, this was his first year starting. And that's something you really have to consider where we usually see quarterbacks nailed down earlier than any other position, right? You, other prospects, whether it be wide receivers or running backs, they want to join a school that has a good quarterback uh, committed early to try to form that offensive class around them. So think of like JJ McCarthy and how Michigan approached that. Right. And that's usually something that teams try to get uh, early just because it's such an important position. So when you have a guy like Harold, who it was his first year starting, and then he puts up 3,500 passing yards, 42 touchdowns and three picks, and that's it. Um, that's, that's a position where it's like, all right, we can't ignore this guy any longer. And Michigan has the advantage of 
not having that position nailed down, right? Because the 2021 position with McCarthy, that was already nailed down early. So Michigan take, can take advantage of that. Then you add in a high academic guy. I mean, you mentioned Northwestern Vanderbilt Duke. He has a Harvard offer as well. Um, so that's not only a guy who will be able to pick up the playbook quickly, um, but it's another reason for the guy to stick around at Michigan, right? He might not be because he's behind McCarthy, he not may not be someone who's looking to transfer elsewhere if he doesn't start the first couple of years because he's invested in his degree. Um, and that's something that's extremely valuable as well when you're considering a guy who's going to be following a, a five-star in McCarthy. So, yeah. yeah, he's exactly the high-ceiling type of player that, uh, you know, he's still extremely young in his uh, starting career as a quarterback, and it'll take some time, but he has the, uh, the skill set, um, the kind of – projection that you that you want to see in a guy following up uh the class of 2021 um Mm -hmm. and I think Harold fits that pretty well yeah and I want to throw this conversation right over to John because uh, like we've been kind of talking about these guys aren't prolific quarterbacks by any means they're not top 100 guys they're not five stars but in my opinion, I think that's okay. Kind of just with everything Steven just said, but then the fact that they're going all out in the 23 class with in-state five-star Dante Moore, and obviously you don't ever want to consider things a lock by any means, but they're going to be recruiting him harder than anybody else. I would venture to say in the 2023 class. So yeah, I would be perfectly okay if I were Michigan and I end up taking a lower ranked QB this cycle because you're going to go all out for more. And I'm not saying it's a a guarantee, a lock or anything, but you'll still have Cade McNamara. You still have JJ McCarthy and then end up just going as hard as possible after more in 23. So what do you think about all of that, John? Where's your mindset at with all that? Yeah, I think uh, I prefer Harrell out of those three uh, for sure. Just, you know, I think he has more of the wiggle that Steven was talking about while still being a pretty good uh, pro-style passer, and you can't deny success on the field. Um, so I think he has probably that the highest ceiling that's attainable. You know, I think Nate Johnson has a lot of potential, but just I, I think it's going to take a lot longer and a lot of training to get up there. But with Harrell, he's already kind of uh, reaching that, uh, ceiling so far and uh, you know winning state titles in Alabama and still has a year left and I'm excited to see how he grows even more uh, with another season in the fall left to go so I think he's a good mix of the two um, and is, is a lot more electric on the field um, than the other guys show so I think he has this the traits and he knows how to use them the most so um, if Michigan can end up landing him uh, coming in a little bit late compared to his other schools I think that would be a pretty big uh, win to pull off for sure, especially out of Alabama. Yeah, it's never easy to go after anybody in Alabama. Um, I want to say I mean, Nico Collins might be the last Alabama player to come to Michigan. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think it's Nico. Um, that sounds right. Okay. Okay. Not crazy then. So it's been a hot minute. Definitely uh, not the easiest thing to go after guys in Alabama, but they're going after a couple now in this 22 class. And we'll, we'll definitely see how it all goes with, with uh, uh, those guys and everybody that we spoke about here, guys, I'm really looking forward to all these visits taking place. It's nice that the dead period is finally lifted. It's nice that these kids can actually officially visit these campuses, get to see everything up close and make a clear and concise choice for where they want to go uh, with their college football career. So definitely looking forward to seeing how everything goes on Michigan's end for sure with these official visits coming up here. And we'll definitely break them all down for you 
on Future Brew at a later date. But until then, uh, my name is Vaughn Lozon. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And Steven. At Steven Toski. Follow Amazing Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Our Discord channel. Follow Steven's work on the YouTube page as well. And be sure to subscribe, like, give us five-star ratings on all of our podcasts. We'd greatly appreciate it. So for John and Steven, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Blue.